welcome to the Echo Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. Hey, I want to encourage you for um, 22 minutes. Is that okay? What? Or do you want it to be less? Yeah. Nah. Um, so yeah, 21 minutes, 55 seconds now. Um, so yeah, deal. So um, I want to encourage you around encouragement. How good was Gary Morgan last week? How good was the prophetic word that he spoke over our church? Um, we'll post that. We've got a link, separate link that we'll email out because we need to steward that, look after it, take careful manage of it. Um, so we'll do that. Just incredible. Gary um, spoke a phenomenal word on encouragement to launch us into the next 12 weeks where we're going to be talking about encouragement and prophecy and what that looks like for us to not just look at it for 12 weeks, but to actually establish a culture of encouragement and of the prophetic, which will be a, a, a long-term process but we're going to look at some great things in the short term to sink our teeth into and get some, um, get some traction on it. And I loved what he said um, last term was we were talking about laying our life down. And I spoke my last message around seeking first the kingdom of God. And when we do that, the distractions that come that cause us to have brief faith actually lead us into having stress, stress, here we go again, stress, anxiety, chaos, frustration in life. So this morning, I want to link the two words. The last week of Laying Down Your Life series, which was about seeking first the kingdom and everything else in life will be given to you. And I want to combine that with encouragement as the answer. Is that okay? I'm amazed at how many times we speak to one another when we bump into people at the shops, Bunnings, restaurants, um, supermarket, and we say, hey, how you doing? Good, thanks. What's been happening? Not much. <laughs> and I, I wanted to become countercultural with this um, sentiment, this statement, this thought of, hey, what's happening? Not much. What's been going on? Not much. What's going on? Not much. My go-to is, what's going on? And it's an awkward statement for the person who doesn't want to answer you. Because their go-to, and we've just got it locked in, not much. And it's just ridiculous. Because who, who has put your hands up really high? Actually, come and jump up here. Oh, this is, yeah, I get in trouble every time I do this. But just come and stand up here and dance if there's not much happening in your life. You sit down. I would have done the same thing. I would have taken my... No, anyway. Um, but it's just a thing we do. And, and again, this, it's, it's not a, necessarily a bad thing because we're just in the moment and who has time to go to level eight and nine when you're just grabbing a takeaway? We don't. So we always... We, often we keep things at one or two. But, but, but what we drum into ourselves is, yeah, there's not much going on. And I'm like, I've changed it now. So when anyone says, how are you going? What's been happening? I say Everything. Because when we write a list of my life, your life, we've got lots of categories and 30 or 40 things in each category. And you've, we've done this before as a church up on the screen. And there's over 300 things that are happening all the time in your life. So not much is ridiculous. There is a lot happening in your life. You've got a lot on your plate, haven't you? You've got lots of responsibilities. You've got a house list, a God list, a children's list, a personal list, a job list. The responsibilities list, a dream list. 
And each one of those have 30 things, and each one of in the 30 things has levels and layers. Are you encouraged? Yeah. <laughs> You've got a lot on your plate. How are you? What's going on? Everything. How do we manage everything? Jesus promised you trials, tribulation, and persecution. What's going on? Everything. Plus, you're promised trials, tribulation, and persecution. It's not his portion and it's not his promise, but you are told to beautifully expect them. And on the flip side, he has the audacity to say to you, do not worry ever. (laughs) Hey, how about we rip those pages out of the Bible? Fortunately, it was only Jesus. Oh, hang on. No, Paul went a step further and said, do not be anxious about anything ever. Offensive. Because there's not not much going on in our life. Everything's going on in our life. Good, bad and ugly all the time. Amen. Amen. All the time. So the challenge is how we respond and how we navigate according to what he has said, Bible Logos, and what he is saying, his current voice. Because those things are promised. Your life is full of everything all the time, full on, wowee. But he promises and he says your portion is not anxiety, fear, exhaustion, depression, lack. Do we feel those things? Yes. Do we, do we need to acknowledge them, sit in them, process them? Yes. Do we need to keep on moving? Yes. And we've got to lean into keys on how we live a life, understanding that it's full on all the time, but peace, hope and joy can remain really, really good levels in our life. Amen. So I spoke about that Jesus said, guys, don't worry about what you're going to eat, what you're going to wear and what you're going to do. He said it five times. Do not worry. Translated, do not be anxious about what you're going to eat, what you're going to wear, what you're going to do. If he clothed, if he clothed the lilies. Is that, is, that, is that what he says? If he... <laughs> With beauty and splendor. Um, perfect pitch. Um, I know, guys, perfect pitch. It's Okay. But, but he does this, Jaira, the Lord who provides, that song, promise, do not be, why? Do not be anxious, do not be worried, do not be stressed, do not be frantic, do not live in chaos, do not, do not live in lack or worry or fear or doubt, why? Because I am who I am. And what happens when we allow distraction in, because Jesus says, Jesus says, are you of little faith? And what does that mean? It's not you have small faith. It's you have brief faith, translated in the Greek. Are you of brief faith? Why have you got brief faith? Because you're distracted. He said the same thing to Peter when he was on the water. Full of faith. Mustard seed gets things done. We know that. It's not a small thing. It's a brief thing, a consistent thing. It's a focusing. It's a fixing. It's a leaning. It's a keeping in step with the Spirit and what He said and what He's saying. It's brief faith. What causes brief faith? Distraction. What causes brief faith? Distraction. What does distraction do? 
It causes the fear and the worry and the anxiety and the depression and the chaos and the franticness and the exhaustion to come. The distraction. We're walking on water. Come on now. And we get distracted. And we sink and then we fear, we worry, we get into chaos. So what causes brief faith? Distraction. What does distraction invite into our life? The list. So how do we respond to that? Does it mean that's never going to happen? No. But how do we navigate it to keep hope, joy and peace high? How do we do it? And I'd like to propose to you that it's encouragement. It's encouragement. Jesus modelled this beautifully. He encouraged. He imparted courage. Can we look at this word a little bit deeper? Encourage. As my first week talking about encouragement, let's look at the Greek word for encourage. Are you okay? So how do we combat this? How do we combat distraction? Which causes brief faith, which results in stress, worry, anxiety, and the list to swamp, fill, and flood our life. We need encouragement. The Greek word is a cracker. It's a cracker. Say it's a cracker. cracker. And say, hey, you said you weren't going to get us to repeat everything ever again. Parakaleo, parakaleo, parakaleo. This word's a cracker. Encouragement. So when you see the word encouragement from now on in the New Testament, when you see the life of Jesus who lived this word out, I love this. Every, every, every word in the Bible, when you pick it apart and you get the full amplified depth of the language it was written in, Jesus was that. So we just highlight one word, cool, yeah, but you open that up and he was that. He was the word personified. He lived it, modelled it, and was it. So he was a walking encouragement. Holy Spirit is the counsellor, the comforter, the encourager. This word, parakaleo, means three things, split up. You look at the root words of the meaning and you, you combine them all into one beautiful, amazing thing. And it means three things. Encouragement, it means three things. It means to see. It means to call to one side. And then it means to speak. To see, to notice, to acknowledge. Then secondly, it means to to pull close to one's side. And then thirdly, it means to speak. To see, to pull alongside, and to speak out. To see, to look, to see, to notice, and to acknowledge. I love what Gary said last week, the power of acknowledgement. We can jump to the prophetic and I see this and I feel this and I sense this and that's amazing and it has its place and it's pivotal in the building of the church and for people to know that God sees and loves them who doesn't think that he does. Crucial, critical, pivotal, we need it and we're going for it. But the power of acknowledgement is, is special. I love the statement, God doesn't just love you, he likes you. I can say, I see this over you, Nolene, la, 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 bang, and it's amazing, recorded, encouraged. Oh, that confirms some stuff. Great. But how about, this is what I like about you. 
This is what I've been acknowledging about you. This is what I notice about you. This word encouragement is multi-leveled, and the first one is to see, to look, to see, to notice, to, in, to acknowledge. The second one, to pull alongside. Wow, I love this. You okay? Yeah. To call. To call. To invite. To summon. Check this out. The authority of the one speaking dictates the nature of the calling, whether it's an invitation or a summoning. Friends invite, kings summon. Friends invite, kings summon. The authority of the one speaking dictates the nature of the calling. Friends invite, kings summon. We'll talk about authority in term three, that you've not only been given power, but authority to sort out stuff for your life and your family's life and to say no to things and release who he is in that situation. You've got the authority to do that where you don't pray. There's, there's times to pray, which is coming close and fellowship. And then there's a lot of times where we don't pray, we decree. And that's authority. So I love this, that friends invite. And there's a time for inviting because we're seeing Hey, come here, pull you close. And then there's another time where you've got to step into summoning. Hey, come here. I want to tell you what God is saying about you. And then the third one is to speak out, to see, to pull close and to speak out. Are we okay? Yeah, to speak out, to speak life, to speak strength and to speak comfort and joy. I love this meaning. And it takes on a greater meaning. And it says here that the Greek word means to name and identify the attributes and the character of someone. So, so we're seeing, we're pulling alongside so that we can name them and so that we can identify and call out their attributes and character. Isn't that great? Can we be a people that do this? Can we see this as not only a nice thing that we do, but a culture that is developed? Thanks. Jesus consistently did this. The Father does this consistently toward you. He says, hey, this is who you are. I'm going to close with a little bit more about the Greek meaning and then how it actually plays out, encouragement in action. And this little message is going to be our launching pad with Gary's last week into the next 10 or 12 weeks. Is that okay? Yeah. So this word, it's a calling, but it's also an urging done by someone who is close beside them. A personal exhortation that delivers the evidence that stands up in God's court. Say that again. It's a personal, it's a seeing, it's a pulling close, and then a personal exhortation to that person that delivers evidence that stands up in God's court. Who's got some funky thoughts that goes on? Swirling around the head. Swirling. Double hands up. Yep. Often it's contrary to the legal word of God. So this person sees, pulls close, 
and then gives a personal exhortation that delivers the evidence that stands up in the courts of God. Root words of this has legal overtones, but also combined with an intimate call that someone personally gives to another person to deliver God's verdict about them. The intimate close call that a person gives to another that reveals how the Lord weighs in after hearing the relevant facts. God is judge. I was talking to Benj about this years ago and we had a text conversation today about it. God is judge and he will judge but he doesn't wear judge hat now. He wears kindness hat now. There is a day coming when he will wear judge hat and we stand before him and give an account for everything we do. Fact. He's not wearing judge hat now. He's wearing kindness hat. I love that. But when he sees us and when we think about judgment and judging, it's always negative. What if our what ifs changed? When it comes to God judging us, His heart is to uphold his heart and his word and actually to judge in our favour. When he sees us, he sees Jesus. So he judges us worthy, holy, wise, qualified, trustworthy, capable and deserving of favour. He judges according to you what Jesus has done for you. And when he sees us, he sees Jesus and he judges worthy, holy, wise. So I love this. There's a swirl going on in our heads. And the responsibility and the privilege that we all have, even when we have the swirl going on in us, that we get to still see people. We still get to call them to our side and then we get to speak God's word, God's standard, God's heart, God's character, God's nature into their life so that would be strengthened, so that they would be strengthened. Are you okay? What a privilege it is to speak on God's behalf. So encouragement in action as we close this out. There's a moment. We might just have moments in life that we need encouragement. There might be a circumstance. There's a moment, there's a circumstance, they're different. We might have a situation which is different to a circumstance or a moment. And then we might have a season. We never have a lot. We never have a lot. But we always have a moment or a circumstance or a situation or a season. And if we have a culture of encouragement, everyone who's going through a moment, everyone who's going through a situation, everyone who's going through a circumstance and everyone who's going through a season is going to be seen. Everyone, even if you are in one of those categories, because you are. You're in one of those categories right now. Someone's at number four, it's a season, you're in a moment. Both have the ability, the qualification, the grace to see, to pull close, and then to speak. So each of these are real. We acknowledge the facts that are presented. This is my moment. This is my circumstance. This is my situation. And this is my season. I acknowledge the facts and I present the evidence here. An encourager is a person who knows God, truly knows his character and nature, 
and lives compelled to see people the way that God does. So they see those people, they pull them alongside, and then they speak truth according to who God is and what God is saying. So when the world, come on, so when the world, the enemy or ourselves accuses us of deserving punishment, poverty, sickness or sadness, God hears the accusation and judges according to us being the righteousness of Christ and he judges in our favour. And he puts all that in you so you get to carry that truth and see people and call them alongside and speak life into them. Two scriptures to close us out. 1 Thessalonians 5, 9 to 11. For God has not destined us for wrath, but for obtaining salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep, we will live together with him. Verse 11. Therefore, encourage that full meaning, one another, and build one another up just as you also are doing. And our final verse, Hebrews 3, 12 to 14. Take care, brothers and sisters, that there will not be any one of you. Uh, take care, brothers and sisters, that there will not be any one of you with an evil, unbelieving heart that falls away from the living God. 13. But encourage one another every day. That's wild. But encourage one another every day. As long as it is still called today. Then it goes on, so that none of you will be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. So it's talking about distraction. It's talking about taking our eyes off Jesus because religion demands, but Jesus kindly invites and enables. We encourage so that we keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. Verse 14, we, for we have become partakers of Christ. Boom. Encourage each other daily. Why? Because there's so much going on. Everything is going on. Not encourage each other weekly or when you get together. This is a challenging thought. Now again, you don't encourage everyone every day. This is the power of community, the power of family, the power of connection, the power of who you have chosen to speak into your life. Who you have on purpose said, I need you, I welcome you to speak into my life. And then you have been given the responsibility, the authority, the privilege, the permission to speak into someone else's life where you get to do authentic relationships and community. Encourage each other daily. Why? Because everything's going on. And if we let everything going on without encouragement, brief faith happens because distraction happens. And when distraction happens, our life is just exhaustion and chaos and depression and anxiety. And that's not our portion. And we've been beautifully invited into growing. We've been graced to grow. It's not just the way it is. If you feel like that, it's not just your lot. It's not just the way it is. The Christian life is just not meant to be 
a continual struggle. So I'm going to pray. Thanks, God. I thank you, God, that it's easy to take things from this that I didn't say. <laughs> I thank you, God, that we can, we can create a different sermon in our heads depending on the season that we're in and have a list of things that I didn't actually say. But I thank you, God, that you're speaking and we want to be attentive. We want to have a listening ear. We're fully aware that everything is going on in our life, good, bad, ugly. We acknowledge that we can be distracted. We can identify with Peter. And we can also acknowledge that encouragement needs to grow for us to give it, amen, and for us to receive it. So God, would you do something in our hearts today, in our lives over the coming weeks, that we would become an encourager and that we would receive encouragement really, really well, that we would grow in receiving well, that we would grow in giving it really well, that we would see people, that we would pull them close and that we would speak to them, that we would allow people to see all of us wow. Not just the part, not just the face, not just the social media, not just the church face. But we would allow people to truly see us, that we would allow people to pull us close and that we would allow people to speak God's evidence and God's word over us. In Jesus' name, we said together. Amen. Amen. That was so good, wasn't it?